Well, good morning, everyone. It's great to have you guys here today. If we haven't had the chance to meet, my name is Dawson. I uh, have been at this church basically since it started, since it was very small. And um, now I'm serving as a pastor in training at Ignite Wesleyan Church over in Sheridan. So my grandpa, Pastor Isaac, and Pastor Tom have asked me to give the message today. And this is only my second time ever give the, giving the Sunday morning teaching, so I'm going to need a little grace today. But we're talking about a topic of prayer that I'm super passionate about and that God has really been working on me, helping me to grow. So I can't wait to share that with you. But before all that, I know it's tradition here to start with a cowboy joke. So here goes. What's the difference between a rodeo clown and a politician? The rodeo clown tries to avoid the bull. <laughs> so, so I just want to start by clarifying who this message is for. I want to ask you, all of you, a question. So I want you to think about the major categories of your life. It's your job, your health, your finances, your physical appearance, your relationships. Think about all of those. Is there a category that you have worries about? Like, do you have any anxiety in your life? Is there, is there something that you just can't stop thinking about? Like, what keeps you up at night? Do you have any worry at all? Worry is really dangerous, and I'm going to have a slide come up here that basically describes some of the ways in my life specifically that worry is dangerous. So worry is the power to rob me of joy. I can't have joy when I am constantly worried. Then worry makes me obsess about myself. It keeps me from connecting with and loving other people. Worry keeps me from taking risks and going on the adventures I really want to go on. It keeps me from daring to do what God made me to do. Where it can destroy my trust and it can eat away at my faith. Where it can keep me focused on the future. And this last one right here could potentially be the worst effect that worry has. Because when we are constantly focused on what could happen tomorrow, or in a week, or in a month, or in a year, we miss the present moment. When we're worried about the future, we miss what's happening right now. Worry. It's dangerous. Paul in Philippians makes an extraordinary statement. Philippians 4, 6 through 7, he says, Don't worry about anything. And we're just going to focus for a second on this underlined section and come back to the rest. So he says, Don't worry about anything. And parts, part of what is so remarkable about what he's saying is he doesn't just say not to worry about the small things, like gaining five pounds over the holidays. A college assignment, if your socks don't match, bad breath on a date. Like, am I going to pass out giving my first sermon here? No, he, he says in the actual text in his letter to the church in Philippi, do not be anxious, do not worry about anything. When you get fired, when you're going through a divorce, when you lose your health, when you go bankrupt, when a loved one 
or a friend betrays you. He says, don't worry. Don't be anxious about anything. So how is such a life actually possible? Like, like for real people like you and like me in a fallen world, is it actually realistic not to worry about these major categories, your job, your health, your finances, your relationships, your physical appearance? Like, can we actually not worry about them? And that's what I want to address in this message today. I want to do that by introducing you to a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle of prayer. See, Paul says, don't worry, don't be anxious about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Now, he's not just necessarily saying, if you pray your worries, your anxiety, it's just going to go away. But he's saying, when you're worried, when you feel anxiety, pray. And this is actually a lifestyle that Jesus invented. He started it, this lifestyle of prayer. He made it clear that prayer isn't just an action, it's actually a way that you live. He was constantly, constantly prioritizing the presence of the Father in prayer. All the time. Now this lifestyle, it's very different than an action. It's not praying and having a quiet time with God once a year or once a month once a week or even once a day this lifestyle of prayer is very different and to kind of showcase that to you guys the slide's going to come up here that scrolls through all the times Jesus prayed so you can see as baptism there while speaking to Jewish leaders like you can see all of these there's a ton of them at the transfiguration before raising Lazarus for children um, three prayers like you can see from here there are a lot of times Jesus prayed. And those were only the times, the incidents that four guys decided to write down. So think about throughout the normal course of his life, all the times Jesus would have prayed. He was constantly prioritizing the presence of the Father in prayer. And what's interesting to think about I feel like if there was anyone in the world that felt they needed to be productive, they had to get stuff done, it would have been Jesus. Like, like he literally was carrying the weight of the world on his shoulders. There were people begging him to speak. People begging him for healing. If there's anyone who felt a need to do stuff, it would have been Jesus. And yet, he still prioritizes God in prayer. And that kind of showcases just how important prayer actually is. And Paul, when he was reflecting on Jesus' life, in 1 Thessalonians 5.17, he's reflecting on it, and he kind of says, like, this is what Jesus did. He prayed continually, and a slide will come up here. There are three different translations of this. Pray continually, the New International Version. Never stop praying, New Living Translation. And pray without ceasing, the King James Version. Pray without ceasing, like all the time. What's interesting about this is it is not a metaphor. He actually means never stop praying. Pray without ceasing. And that is what Jesus actually did. But the reality of it is, 
that's really difficult to do. Like, I think we've established now that prayer is extremely important, right? I think we've established that we're supposed to pray all the time. But how do we actually do that? So generally, there are three main reasons that we are kept from a life of prayer. The first is we lack confidence. So, so I don't know about you guys, but uh, I have some people in my life that are these like prayer warriors. Like they would be sponsored by prayer.com. They would get paid as a professional prayer, okay? 24-7 Prayer International, they need this person. Like there's some prayer warriors in my life and I'm like a prayer junior high kid. Now, and I just kind of want to talk to you about my life a little more. So, so I have a dad who's been in ministry for a long time. And I have a grandpa, Pastor Isaac, who's been in ministry for a really long time. <laughs> They're like these prayer warriors in my life. Like, I think, I think if they wanted to, they could just, out the, off the top of their heads, just pray prayers from the text completely in Greek and Hebrew. I cannot do that, in case you're wondering. They're like this prayer warrior. I don't have the confidence that they have. I don't know how to pray in the same way that they do. And then, whew, then they ask me to pray. I'm just like, Lord, bless this meat, and now let's eat in Jesus' name. Like, like you get the point? Like, I don't have the confidence to pray, and especially in a group setting, I feel like I don't know how to do it. We lack confidence. Sometimes we lack faith. We don't believe that God hears us or that he cares. And if I'm being honest, often we can make a darn good case that God doesn't care or that God doesn't hear us because we tried and we prayed over and over and over again and we believed there would be a miracle and we believed God would answer and God didn't answer nothing happened some of us lack confidence some of us lack faith there's a verse that I just try to meditate on. When I'm feeling that I don't have the confidence or the faith, I, I go to this verse and I try to meditate on it. It's 1 John 5, 14 through 15. It says, This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask. So, so this for me is something like I try to focus on. Because what he's actually saying here is we should have confidence in approaching God. We should have confidence in speaking to God. And not only that, but then we should have confidence that he hears us and he's listening. And if we ask anything according to his will, and that's key, his will, he's going to give it to us. It's already ours. So whenever I'm struggling with a lack of confidence or faith, I turn to this verse. And it's like a cornerstone for me. Say, I should have confidence in approaching God and that he hears me. And then the final thing that is a difficulty for us in prayer 
especially me, is lacking focus. We lack focus. I don't know about you guys, but I will constantly get these wandering thoughts all the time. Like, I need to do this and be there and take out the trash and do the laundry. And, like, I have a college assignment due and I have a meeting here. Like, I get these wandering thoughts all the time. And they happen to go through my mind right in the middle of prayer a lot of the time. And then sometimes, I just got to say, prayer is boring. Like, like, Pastor Tom, am I, am I allowed to say that? Like, prayer is just boring sometimes, right? Like, I remember as a kid, I used to fall asleep in the middle of a prayer. And I just knew God was mad at me. Going like, you didn't sign off. There was no amen. You're going to hell, son. <laughs> like, prayer, it, uh, it just gets boring sometimes. And it's really difficult to focus. Um, I could argue that today it is more difficult to focus than ever before. So I know you guys have been told that you spend too much time on your phones, on your screens. But I just want to walk through some statistics with you. And they won't be coming up on the screen here because we're going to try and move fast. But you can look all of this up online and you'll see it and more very quickly. So the first study found that the average American spends seven hours and four minutes looking at a screen each day. Another study found that in 2019, the average amount of time spent on non-voice activities on smartphones in the U.S. was three hours and 45 minutes per day. The same study was conducted in 2022, and it said that three hours and 45 minutes had increased to four hours and 29 minutes. So not only are we spending a lot of time on our phones, on our devices, but it's increasing every single year. And what's interesting to know is that the generational gap is not that big as far as screen time. So the next thing is the average human attention span is 8.25 seconds. That number, 8.25 seconds, is 4.25 seconds less than in 2000. So in 24 years, it's gone down uh, 4.25 seconds, right? So like, I'm hoping that doesn't happen in the next 24 years or we'll be in bad shape. And what's interesting is that goldfish have an attention span of 9 seconds. So if you have been sleeping today, if you're not focused in, what we now have established is goldfish are actually beating us. I was not hoping to have to compete with a goldfish, but they're beating us. So, prayer, sometimes we get distracted by these wandering thoughts. Sometimes it's boring, and we have all this stuff going on. Our lives is so, are so busy. It's difficult to maintain focus. So how do we actually overcome that? How do we beat this issue of focus? We do it by building a routine. I think the best way for me to describe to you how prayer is actually a lifestyle and not an action and how to overcome focus is by using an analogy of lifting. So I am your typical college student. I have your typical college student classes, and I'm serving at Ignite Wesleyan Church in Sheridan as pastor and train. I'm not married. I'm not dating. I don't have kids. Like, I have what my parents tell me is a super flexible schedule, right? So one of the things that I try to do with this so-called flexible schedule 
is instead of just playing video games all the time, I work out once or twice a day. And a little while back, I finally convinced my mom to work out with me. And let me just tell you, this was a big deal. And she's sitting over there if all of you would like to look at her. (laughs) But I finally convinced her to work out with me. And that day happened to be chest and triceps. So so we started off just with a easy three sets of 10 of push-ups, nice and light. Then we went to a bench press, and we did four sets of 10 on those, and we went pretty heavy on that to really get everything going. Then we did what's called skull crushers, and if you don't know what that is, it's where you have a bar, and you're lying like flat on a bench, right, and you bring it down right above your forehead, and then you go back all the way up. So you, you don't want to drop the weight, right? Okay. So then we moved, after doing three sets of 10 on that, to a more complicated movement where you're on the bench and you have two dumbbells. It's kind of like a variation of chest flies. So you you bring them up and then you bring them down like this and then up. And like, it's kind of awkward and weird, but it really, really stretches out your chest and gives you a good workout. So we did four sets of 12 of those. And then we went to closed grip push-ups, which is like super tight to where you can't use your chest at all, to where you're just going like that. It's completely focused on your triceps. And then finally, we finished off with four sets of eight going really heavy on just normal dumbbell press laying on the bench. So, So at the end of this, I felt great as I normally did, like just another daily workout, I felt fantastic. My mom, well, she didn't feel quite so good. I, the next day, was told there was extreme soreness involved, and she's yet to work out with me since, so. So I just kind of want to process with you guys, like, why? Why was it different for her than it was for me. Like, why did I enjoy that and she didn't? Why was it beneficial to me and not her? Well, what we know about working out is that if you don't do it consistently, it's not very fun, right? So I want to describe, to describe my mom's life to you just a little bit. So she works a full-time job that is often stressful and she has to work late hours for. She has to drive an hour there and an hour back every single time. Then she comes home and she has to make dinner often for my family. And that's not too difficult of a task when it's just her and my dad. But when I'm home, she says she has to make about three times as much food. <laughs> and then my brother comes home. So you kind of get the picture there. There's a lot of food that she has to make. Um, then she has a wiener dog that she is responsible for. And let me just tell you, a lot of time is spent on the dog. Okay? <laughs> it is spoiled. But... But she has a lot more going on than I do. She, she simply doesn't have the time to work out three hours every single day like I can. She can't integrate it into her life in the same way that I am able to. So, so as a result, when, when you work out once a year or once a month or even once a week, if it's a different workout each week, like it's painful and miserable. And in reality, it's pretty unproductive. So, prayer is very similar. If you, 
if you only pray in times of trauma, in times of emergency, or because you're guilty that you haven't prayed quite enough, it's just painful. It's miserable, and it's not what prayer was intended to be. So how do we overcome this issue of focus? We do it by building a routine. So some of you here might have made a New Year's resolution to start working out more. And possibly no longer are with that New Year's resolution. It's, it's really difficult to maintain a consistent time of working out every single day. So how do you beat that? You do small, easy workouts, and you build a routine. And you do it over and over and over again. And as you start to get in better shape, and you build up, you start doing it more consistently and longer. You can do the exact same thing with prayer and combat the issue of focus. So, so maybe you can't pray for an hour, so you pray for 30 minutes. Maybe you can't pray for 30 minutes, so you pray for 15. If you can't pray for 15, you pray for five. Maybe, maybe you can only pray for a minute. Maybe you can only pray for 8.25 seconds. And you pray for 8.25 seconds, and you do it again and again, and you build a routine up, and then slowly, then eventually you can pray a minute, and then eventually five minutes, and eventually 15, and 30, an hour, and then eventually you learn to constantly just live in prayer, because prayer isn't an action, it's a lifestyle. And you constantly feel God's presence in your life. It becomes a lifestyle for you. The quote mentioned earlier from Paul, Philippians 4, 6 through 7, you'll see it come up here. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts in minds as you live in Christ Jesus. We, uh, we're so busy all the time. We have all these burdens, anxiety, we have all this worry. We sometimes struggle with confidence, faith, focus. I, I wonder what it must look like to God. Look, like, looking down on these finite people quite small and, and he's just saying why don't you set that burden down don't you know when you carry these burdens day after day week after week it'll crush you I'm right here would you just hand it over to me I'm listening every single moment. If you, if you just hand it over to me, you could stand up again. If we live in a lifestyle of prayer, God's peace will guard our hearts. Fittingly, would you pray with me? Wow, Father, is it a privilege to be able to talk with you constantly. 
Father, you're, you're listening all the time, so thank you for that. Thank you for this ability to talk to you. Some of us today, I struggle with all these categories. Worry, anxiety about them. And God, I don't have the confidence sometimes to pray. I don't have the faith sometimes to pray. And I often lack focus. I'd ask that whatever category, whatever area we're struggling with, Whatever is keeping us back from praying to you, God, just help us overcome that so we can feel your peace and live in constant communication with you every single moment of every single day. Thank you for listening, Father. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you all for coming today and have a great week.